0: Coming up next in the Friends World uh, podcast, Brendan sits down with friend of the show, Jalen Stanfuck, the dynamic duo talk all things NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and professional wrestling on the Super Size Edition of the Friends World podcast, which begins now. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are listening to the lot Brandon's World here on this Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. And here with me today is a man you all know. The last time this man was on this show, we presented to you a great game, of fair or foul back in February, which has turned out to be a Brandon's World favorite. A lot of people have requested it. We're going to be bringing it back here closer to the NFL season, but well, this man is a good friend of mine. I've known him for over a decade, and he loves all things NFL, all things NBA, all things wrestling, a little bit of things baseball. We're going to cover all that today. He is the one and the only friend of the show, Jalen Sandvik. Jalen, yeah. how, yeah. how are you doing, Jalen?
1: What's going on, guys? How you been? I missed y'all. It's been a while.
0: It has been a while. As I mentioned, we brought you on uh, last year. You know uh, right after the super bowl now this podcast ladies and gentlemen initially was not going to be me and Jalen having a complete discussion about all things sports as you know about a week ago i told you me and Jalen were working on a potential deal or no deal game where we were going to be going over trades for stars like damian Loward, zion williamson in the nba uh, stefan diggs trey lance in the nfl Unfortunately, though, we have ran across some technical difficulties when it's come to actually getting the game set up. Uh, we have a template and stuff, but it's been really difficult to implement the trades. So we have decided to push that back. Uh, we are hoping to get that game going sometime before the Brand World Season 7 finale uh, in early August, maybe in a couple weeks, we'll be able to get that up and running, but Jalen, it's good to have you here because we have a lot to discuss today, and I'm excited that we have turned uh, that potential podcast into what we're going to be doing today.
1: I am too. Trust me, guys, it's coming. It's it's work in progress, but it will be here. I know it's it's such a good idea on paper, working out some of the kinks. It'll be here, guys. Trust me. It'll be here. But I'm excited. I'm excited today. This is, this is me and Brandon kind of just spitballing it because we had to – Take a podcast idea, spin it around, but I think you guys will still enjoy this podcast.
0: Jalen, let's start with the one and only, you know, my favorite sport, uh, the National Football League. And I got to tell you, man, there are so many storylines going into this year. Of course, the last time we had you on, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers was probably going to be a Jet, uh, though nobody knew for sure he is now a Jet the afc is obviously so loaded uh the nfc still has a couple of teams in there like i know they they you're a big detroit lions fan obviously i know you're a big browns fan and so when you look at both your teams i'm going to put them kind of in one batch here the browns are obviously in the vaunted afc especially in the north but you still got pittsburgh cincinnati Baltimore, all those teams, as I mentioned, also in the AFC. And then in the NFC, you got the Lions who are in a little bit of a weaker division and especially a weaker conference. So what's your excitement for your two teams going into this NFL season?
1: For my Lions, it's going to be an electric year, especially after coming off of last year. Nobody expected us to do anything, really. And we came from the rough. Uh, um Steroid coach, cocaine coaches—I like to call him because he's always he's always jacked. It's my guy right there. Um, but I think we're going to the playoffs. I think it's uh, like you said. Uh, we had a conversation off air a few nights ago. Playoffs are no excuse. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think the Browns. I can't be. I can't ever say anything for sure about the Browns because this team. I've seen this team. Look phenomenal on paper and buckle under pressure. I've seen, I've seen a lot of things. So I'm just gonna say that the Browns will make the playoffs as, as well. But I'm not banking on it because I know what the Browns can do. I know how Stefanski could screw us. I know how anything can possibly happen in the NFL, especially as a Browns fan. So I'm, I'm excited though. This is gonna be an electric year for football. It's going to be a little extra year for your Philadelphia Eagles, for my teams. It's going to be a fun year.
0: Jalen, you know, I kind of put you in a rough spot there because I told the fans that you are a Browns and a Lions fan. Uh, many fans know that obviously I'm I'm from the Cleveland area, but I grew up a, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Do you want to explain sort of the situation between, yes, you are in Cleveland, but you're also a Detroit Lions fan real quick?
1: So when I was a young, a young boy – uh, my my cousin Scotty, shout out Scotty. I, I'm gonna send him this clip so he knows. Um, he was a, he was a Lions fan, and uh, I I I was drawn to the Lions because I loved Calvin Johnson. I I love that man, and that is forever my favorite player. I don't I don't care about legacy. I don't care about Super Bowls. That is my guy. I love Calvin Johnson, and I just gravitated towards the organization and of course growing up in cleveland like you can't escape brown's mouth like we are insane so you can call me uh, a front runner you can say i have two favorite teams and that doesn't make sense well i would like to point out that two of those teams are the two of the worst teams in recent memory in nfl so i've had some rough rough years but i love my teams
0: I've had people ask me before, if the Browns and the Eagles ever played in the Super Bowl, would you root for the Browns? And my answer was always, hell no. Yeah, would I be happy with those Cleveland fans to get in the Super Bowl? Yes, but when it came at the expense of my team, screw you. Are you in that sense that the Browns and Lions ever played in the Super Bowl? Are you lying to
1: 100%? Damn. Ah, gosh. Y- y- yeah. Y- yeah, probably. Um... It's just like those are my first memories of football, really. And like I remember, do you remember that Thursday night game where Rogers threw an absolute bomb against my Lions?
0: Yes, that that skyrocketing perfect El Mary that hit Richard Rogers right in the hands.
1: Yeah, so from then on I was like, oh, this we need a Super Bowl. we need a Bowl. I was so young. And I, I I didn't know I didn't know much about football. Obviously, I didn't know as much as I do now. Um, but I was like, we need to win a Super Bowl. We need to win a Super Bowl. So I think if the Lions won a Super Bowl, I would go hard. I would party hard. But I think if the Browns won, I would also party. But if the Lions won, I'm going ten times harder. So I'm I'm excited, man. I I love the Lions. I I couldn't ask for a better team.
0: I'll talk about the lines, in a couple minutes, I want to go back to what you previously said about the Browns, because I've heard this sentiment from a lot of people in the Cleveland community, and that is, oh, the Browns need to make the playoffs this year or bust. In the AFC, I don't believe that is the case. I mean, you look at the teams, right? Buffalo, Miami, Jets, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. It's nine teams right there. You add in Jacksonville, that's 10. Pittsburgh, some people think Tennessee, though I don't think that. New England, which I have no idea what the hell they're doing. I'll get to them in a minute. Uh, I think the Colts could be a sneaky good team as well if Anthony Richardson pops. There's so much competition in the AFC that, to me, Browns win eight or nine games or 10 games, and they still may not be able to make the playoffs. I think that could stay, save Kevin Saban'ski's job, but if you go six and eleven or seven and ten, then we're having a different conversation. I guess my question is, are you in that same mindset of expectations of like if they win nine or ten games, you do realize that may not be enough for a playoff spot in the AFC?
1: I agree. There's so we are so loaded. Like we, our division is, uh, we like. We this this package of team, this pack of teams, they they are all good. They can all come out as a dark horse. They we got good teams, we got average teams, but those average teams could still make playoffs because they have the talent to do it. So I, I agree with you. Just because we win eleven games, we might not make the playoffs. Well,
0: no, not, uh, eleven will one hundred percent get you in. Eleven. 11- Nine and 10, very borderline, especially nine. The thing is, though, you think about it: Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, probably going to beat everybody up. Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, they're going to beat each other up. Buffalo, Miami, Jets, probably going to beat each other up. So there's an opportunity. We think all these teams are going to win, you know, 11, 12 games. What if they all win nine or 10 games and you're fighting for, you know, basically seeding at that point?
1: Yeah, that. I don't know. You could probably take the uh, – I don't know if you could take the Dolphins out of there, but I, I think you might be able to. It depends on where Tua is.
0: Oh, That's the thing. The Dolphins are one of the hardest teams to figure out because I believe if is healthy for all 17 games, they're an 11-12 win team. If Tua is out for four weeks, five weeks, God forbid, half a season, they are legitimately a six- or seven-win team. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have never seen Jalen, and I don't remember if we talked about this the last time you're doing this show or not. I've never seen a quarterback go from a legitimate bust to when he's healthy being an MVP candidate the way Tua did last year. And all Miami really did was, yes, they got Tyreek Hill, but they made a coaching change going from a defensive mind of Brian Forrest to an offensive mind of Mike McDean.
1: Yeah. Uh, Shout out to my dad. He's a Dolphins fan, so – be careful what you say about Tua on the podcast.
0: Hey, um, I, I have ridiculed Tua before last season. I called Tua a bust. I said he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I said the Dolphins made a mistake. There were all these Deshaun Watson rumors. And be McDaniel just proved me all wrong. So I apologize to your dad.
1: It's because he throws left-handed. You looked at it like, why does he throw the ball like that? Uh,
0: yeah, this is kind of a weird pet peeve of mine. I don't think a lot of people know this. I don't even think you know this. I personally do not like left-handed quarterbacks. There's something about it where, like, it's like left-handed shooters in basketball. I don't really particularly like left-handed shooters in basketball. I I think it just comes out weird. I think it's a weird motion. And most NFL plays are designed to go left to right. You run it the opposite way, right to left. The play completely changes. Um, so that's why I'm so impressed with what Miami did last year.
1: I I wanna I wanna backtrack here. You you said you don't like when when players shoot left handed. Well, guess what? I shoot left handed. I throw dots left handed. Okay, left handed quarterbacks. I have a special bond with left handed quarterbacks because there's not many of them. But I I I I am left handed. I do shoot left handed. I dribble left handed. I Throw, oh, I throw spirals left-handed. I do everything left-handed. So me and Tua, we got a bond here, and I'm rooting for him. i I
0: did not know that, and I apologize to you with with, with whatever ism you say. I have torch left-handed <laughs> quarterbacks. Um, I, I want to go back. I want to ask you one more Browns question because I know you, I know you're you're an avid listener of the podcast, so you've always heard me talk about this and ask various guests. Uh, over the past few months. Jalen, I'm going to throw this out there. This season, even if the Browns don't make the playoffs, let's say Deshaun Watson, which he, they will more than likely make the playoffs if he does this. If Deshaun Watson returns to the pre-allegation, you know, allegation, very good to great Houston and like quarterback, in my opinion, at that point, especially with the, um, I guess, age of the running back position in today's NFL, I would trade Nick Chubb. Because to me, you could get maybe an extra corner, an extra defensive lineman, use an extra pick, go on and get another wide receiver opposite of Amari Cooper. We're seeing all these Super Bowl teams, whether it's Kansas City, Philadelphia, the Rams, New England back in the day, go on and on and on and on about teams. That don't pay their running back actually go on either make and win the Super Bowl. The last ten Super Bowl winners, January, eight of them have not had a thousand yard regular season rusher. You look at the teams that do have the great running backs, you know, NSC, the Giants, Minnesota for a while with Adrian Peterson, uh, and then Dalvin Cook. Obviously, the Browns with Nick Chubb. Like these are good, but more than middle of the pack like teams. Like, I think it's time for the Browns. If Watson has a good year, you rip the band-aid off Nick Chubb and you move on to him and you give Jerome Ford and some of your other talented backs on the roster the ability to split the workload. Uh
1: I I don't I don't agree with that. I think Nick Chubb is a dog. That man's got some dog in him. I'm going to give you a basketball comparison here. This man is like prime Kawhi Leonard. He shuts up and he does things well. He he loves to win. That's what Kawhi did in San Antonio and in Toronto. He he was quiet and he won. That That's what Nick Chubb is. I feel like our team needs that. Our team needs a burst of energy. And that's what Nick Chubb is. So I say, I, I get what you're saying. If If Watson goes back to 2020 Deshaun Watson then maybe you discuss it but I'm not giving up Nick Chubb for just anybody you need to throw out something major
0: well that's what I said maybe you go get another defensive lineman outside of Garrett and Sidarius Smith is not there maybe you go get another wide receiver outside of Amari Cooper to make Amari Cooper your number two because I'm not as you know I'm not the biggest believer in Amari Cooper I think Amari Cooper could be the best number two wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think he's a number one. Um, That, to me, is where I would attack because this league is moving more to a passing league.
1: Oh, it's been like that for for a while now. But um, I don't know. I like how physical Nick Chubb is. I like how he just keeps the wheels turning even after – Four defenders can jump on his back. He's still fighting for extra yardage. I, I feel like that's what this team is. We fight for everything we have, even if we screw it up occasionally.
0: All right, Jalen. So we talked some Browns. I'm going to shift gears to your lines. Now, I got to admit, I love Dan Campbell. I actually questioned Dan Campbell in the middle of last year when you guys started. I don't know what it was, two and five, two and six, something like that. I said, Dan, you got to start winning games. And then Jared Goff obviously got hot. And, you know, Jared Goff plays very well in warm weather and dome environments. I really like what the Lions did at the end of last season, obviously winning that game in Green Bay, carrying that momentum to the offseason. But the draft to me sort of confused me. Uh, You guys obviously trading away DeAndre Swift to my Philadelphia Eagles for a measly 2024 fifth round pick. I thank you for that. Um, we'll see how good that kid Gibbs is. Obviously, Jamal Williams now is also out the door. And then you drafted off ball linebacker, which I didn't understand when you desperately needed secondary help. So I question the draft a little bit, but your offense going to be really good. I think bringing back Ben Johnson as the OC was important. The question's going to be can this team score enough points to beat the likes of Minnesota? Green Bay, Chicago in your division. I think they can. I don't think the Lions are a great team. I think they're they're a ninth and win team, but I think at least winning the NFC North, that we talked about before, should be the expectation.
1: See, I I agree. I think we're better than Chicago. I think we're better than Minnesota. I, on paper, anyway, I think like Kirk Cousins is not good.
0: He, okay. He's good in the 1 o'clock window occasionally, but as we've talked about, right, like right now, we're not projecting. Right now, I would say Jared Goff is the best quarterback in that division. Now, yeah, if, I, I agree. If, now, if, here's the thing, if DJ Moore, all like A.J. Brown did for Jalen Hurts, like DeAndre Hopkins did for a few years for Kyler Murray, what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen, if DJ Moore changes life for justin fields the bears are going to be a legitimate team my problem with chicago jaywin is as i've told you before is their head coach and defensive head coach matt eberflux i would have not fired matt nagy i didn't understand that i don't think is the right coach for justin fields and i think quite frankly it's going to amper his development
1: Matt Nagy sucks. Don't ever say that oh, again. Oh,
0: Come on, stop it. Do you Matt Nagy got Mitch Trubisky to a playoff game? They went 12 and 4 with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. You ask that's a will you I love money, Mitch. Oh Jalen, Jalen, stop it. You actually think Mitch Trubisky is a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. Not now. No, hell no, not now. But I'm
1: just saying Matt Nagy sucks.
0: Matt Nagy gets a bad rap because he had a bad roster and bad ownership. He had a
1: Do you do you I, I don't remember what game it was, but the whole like the whole time Chicago was chanting Fire Nagy or Nagy Sucks. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I do remember that. And it's because Chicago like New York and some of these big markets, they don't understand patience. Um, I think Matt Nagy, by the way, Kansas City is where he went. I think he's going to thrive with Mahomes. Obviously, I think he's going to rebuild himself. I think he's potentially in line there to be the successor for Andy Reid, like we all thought Josh McDaniels is going to be for Bill Belichick. Which I will again bring that up in a second. Um, I don't know. I just I don't I didn't like the coaching change. I don't like Matt so I'll tell you that. Um, and Minnesota is a weird team. They won a lot on one possession games last year. I uh, don't think they're going to do that. And I'm sorry. I'm out on Green Bay. Uh, Jordan Love lost a game in college to my Kent State Golden Flashes uh, in a bowl game, which in that moment I knew Jordan Love was not going to be a great quarterback. They don't have many weapons. Like, I look at Green Bay. They're Aaron Jones or Bust. Uh, I think they're a five- or six-win team this year. I really do. Minnesota, I think it's like an 8-9. Chicago, I think it's an 8-9. Detroit, I think it's a nine ten. That's kind of the way I see it.
1: I remember that bowl game, actually.
0: Yeah, and I mean. It, it was I didn't dur- believe
1: it. I was like, what the hell?
0: It was during the COVID era. My yeah. guy, Dustin Crump, along with Sean Lewis, scored all those touchdowns. Um, but I, I will say this. So if you're a Lions fan this year, I don't think you have to win a playoff game. You'll probably play a wild card team, which may end up being a Dallas or even a Minnesota or a Saints, something like that. So you may end up winning one playoff game, but I think this team is still a couple defensive pieces away. I do like the addition of C.J. Gardner-Johnson in the secondary, but again, as I mentioned with the draft, I just didn't understand why you didn't address the defensive line and the corner situation—your two biggest weaknesses on your team—I
1: I agree. I um. See, as a, as a Lions fan, you're kind of used to disappointment, right? you as a Browns fan and a Lions fan, and partially for a while, they're an Eagles fan. You were used to disappointment. See, I don't know how the season is going to play out. I don't agree with the draft. I, I don't agree with what we did. I, I I agree we need major help in in the secondary. We need big help there. But it's it's kinda like like do you remember when the Browns drafted Baker and like there was a buzz around the city? Yes. That's how I feel with this Lions team. Like after we beat Green Bay, by the way, screw you, Baker Mayfield. You screwed me over twice. You screwed me, you screwed the Lions out of a playoff spot, and then you screwed the Browns over because you're a whiny bitch. Anyway, regardless, no no Baker Mayfield Rams today. Um, but as as a Lions fan, I just feel a buzz like an excitement to watch the Lions this year.
0: I'm so, so excited. So I want to ask you this question. Um, listen, I have no earthly idea in the world what the hell has happened in New England. I I, I can't even speak clear sentences to try to figure out what the hell their identity is on the offense side of the ball. Jalen, they give Juju Smith-Schuster a big contract, and Juju was nice in Kansas City, because they schemed him open. He could not separate in-man coverage when he was in Pittsburgh. Then they go out, and they sign Devontae Parker to an extension. And did you know that per advanced analytics stats, Jalen, in 2020, 2021, and 2022, each of the last three years, Devontae Parker, not in total, in each of those last three years, was ranked dead last in man coverage separation in the national football league and that's going to be your number two wide receiver and on some nights you're number one because we all know juju smith susher has been injured for his career in the drought they dropped to nothing but corners kickers and darts mac jones has not had a legitimate wide receiver in his three years she- obi myers just left out the door to go to las vegas like they're gonna win games against bad quarterbacks on defense alone But in their division, we talk about Buffalo, Miami, the Jets. Like, I see a real possibility where there's a chance, especially if Tua stays healthy, they go 0-6 in the division. Like, I think this team is a 5-7 to win team max. And I do think Robert Kraft's comments of, hey, listen, I would love for Bill Belichick to pass Don Schiller's record, but I want to get Super Bowl number 7. Like, Belichick's moves – or what you do to sabotage an an organization, I really think this year, more than ever, this could be Belichick's last year in New England. And it's earning his legacy, in my opinion, post Brady,
1: Yeah, Belichick's lost it. Belichick, he lost his baby boy. He lost baby boy Brady. He probably got into some hardcore alcoholism because of depression. You know, he's really going through it right now. As, as a long-time Pats hater, as a long-time Belichick hater, I love to see this. I love to see it.
0: I mean, Jalen, do you agree with me? I have no idea what the hell they're doing.
1: No, because they're they're treating Juju Smith-Schuster as, a, like, a top receiver when he's really not. He's maybe number three at, at best. If you use him properly, he's good. He, he he fit in Kansas, like you said, he fit in Kansas City perfectly because y- you have so much w- weapons on the offense of the ball for Kansas City that Juju was just a, a sneaky little weapon that you can hit if you need a little seven eight nine ten 10-yard gain or something up the field that Juju's your guy, or if you need TikTok marketing. But that that's besides the point. You, you know, you can't. What 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 are they gonna do this year? You think you think Belichick's gonna be on the logo doing TikTok dancing with
0: Juju? I mean, I think I think they'll win five or six games based off defensive alone. They do have some soft games in there where they can pick on some young quarterbacks. That's how they're they're gonna win. But when it comes to their division, unless, like I said, unless Aaron Tour, or Josh Allen gets hurt, they're not winning a division game. No. So okay, I'm gonna ask you one last NFL question here. Give me a team each from this category. Give me a team that you think maybe some people are sleeping on that maybe people don't think are going to make the playoffs that you think could surprise people. And then give me a team that maybe people are too high on that you think could take a step back or maybe not even make the playoffs.
1: Um, Team that
0: I'm high on.
1: Because
0: I'll I'll give you mine after you give me yours because I got two.
1: What about a team that I'm high on? I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm very high on this team.
0: Is it? A, yeah, okay. Atlanta. Okay, I've heard I'm, a lot of people say that. I think just because they have a weak schedule. They don't play like a top quarterback outside of Derek Carr, I think people have said.
1: Yeah, um, Atlanta, and I think team that people are too high on. <sighs> Uh, hot take the Jets.
0: It's not that much of a hot take. I think they're going to be like a, like an eight, nine, ten win team. I think yeah, I don't think strength. rogers
1: can turn that around. I think that, they're that... going
0: to struggle early. I think their schedule softens up in the middle of the year, so they'll get hot late. I do think I point back to the fact they won seven games last year with Mike White, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson. So i think aaron's good enough to give you one or two more wins i don't think much else i think again nine ten win team still don't know if they're a playoff team i'm going to do my nfl predictions at the start of september i'm working on them right now very hard in the afc i'll tell you that nfc to me uh is, is definitely a lot easier generally know who's going to make the playoffs maybe a wild card team or two could be a surprise i'll give you my two teams <sighs> The the team that i think is going to surprise some people, a lot like you. I have this team winning the NFC South, so I am in the same division as your Atlanta, but I'm going to go with Carolina. I like Bryce Young a lot. I think he's going to be a terrific NFL quarterback. You know how I feel about Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich is a great coach. I think adding Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst, they have some offensive pieces that I do like. Their offensive line is Young and Ascending, their defense, we know, is obviously very good. Uh, and I am not sold yet on the Saints. I like Derek Carr a lot, as you know. I think their coach is terrible, though, and Dennis Allen. Don't know how much Evan Kamara and Michael Thomas are going to play. Atlanta, I just don't know what I'm going to get out of Desmond Ritter yet. And then, obviously, Tampa Bay, to me. is going to be a better team, I think, than people think. But still, I think only like a 6-7 win team if Baker plays there the whole year.
1: I agree. Now, did you see uh, see what Baker did in uh, practice yesterday? I did see that. That is the childish behavior we wanted to get rid of. And then there were some people like ride with six, ride with six. I'm not riding the six. This man, this man is how old? Twenty, twenty, twenty five, twenty six years old, something like that. Yeah. And he's acting like a child. Like he's acting like this is like he's on varsity and his teammates are on J. Like, yeah, I know. J- I know that should thinks he shouldn't be on varsity like that.
0: Like grow up. So I'm going to give you a team that I also think is going to completely stink that some people think are going to be okay. They may win eight, nine games. I think they're going to win like five or six games and that's Tennessee. Um, I did not like the pick of, of, of Will Weavis in the draft. I do not like Ryan Tano that much anymore. I think he's getting old. And if something happens to Derrick Henry, they're completely screwed. The one thing that may change them is getting DeAndre Hopkins. But right now, they have that kid Burks, a wide receiver, and that is it. I mean, you can play 10 in the box against Derrick Henry. They have no offensive identity. Their defense is getting old. They collapsed at the end of last season. A lot like New England that doesn't have any weapons – like, I think Tennessee is going to be terrible, even in that bad division, where I think the Colts could surprise some people. And, by the way, I think Houston could surprise some people.
1: I, I agree. I think Tennessee is going to be horrible. Derrick Henry's body has to be wearing down. Ryan Tannehill can't throw more than five yards. He, he's like a – he's a red zone quarterback. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Tennessee is going to be great. I think it's going to be horrible as well.
0: I also think Green Bay is going to be pretty bad. Um, I, I would do it. I, I think they missed on Jordan Love. I told you when we were on here in February, I did it. Green Bay wanted to see what they had. They spent a the first round pick, they wanted to get Aaron Rodgers out of the building because of Aaron's ayahuasca stuff. If I was Green Bay about two years ago, I would have admitted we made a mistake on Jordan Love. Like, if I'm San Francisco, I would probably admit I made a mistake on Trey Lance. Trying to find a deal for him, even with Aaron's aloofness, I would have probably brought Aaron back. I just, especially with those young receivers, I don't see any pop in, in Green Bay in your division at all. Like I said, I think they're a 5-6 win team in that.
1: I'll give him the benefit of that. I'll get, I'll give Jordan Love one year. I'll give him this year. And if if he doesn't impress me at all, done. We're No. He needs to go.
0: Jay, when it's time to move on to your favorite sport, the National Basketball Association. I want to start by talking about our local Cleveland Cavaliers because I know we have a lot of thoughts on the Cavs, and I know you're going to think I'm crazy with some of these Cavs takes. Let's start off with the first thing, and the Wizards of the Branch World Podcast know this, because I've said this to multiple guests that have come on the show. They had no excuse to lose into the New York Knicks. I did not like the way the season ended at all. They were the better team than the Knicks. I don't care how good Jalen Brunson was in the series. Donovan Mitchell was the best player on the court going into the series. He completely choked the bed. Uh, And the Cavs were getting out-rebounded and out physicalness by Mitchell Robinson, Opie Toppin, and all those guys left and right. After game one, I said we were in trouble. When the Cavs won game two by 30-ish points, I said we're not winning another game in the series. I think me and you both have the ability to see the negatives and wins and the positives and losses. And I said the Knicks were not going to play that bad again. The Cavs were not going to play that great again. I was right. The Cavs lost the series in five games. And then we go to this offseason, Jalen, and listen, I like Max Shrews. I think he's, I think he's a very good player. You know, uh, this Amani Bate could be a very good player. I like Niang as well, a very good player. Did not like having to give up Lamar Stevens and the Jetty Osmond trade to get Shrews, but it is what it is. I still think the Cavs are missing that true legitimate wing to make them contenders, which I'll get to in a second, but what's your thoughts on the offseason?
1: Ah, Jetty, my guy. Now, if uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram, Brandon, I know you probably saw this. I was heartbroken when Jetty Osmond yes. got traded. I was, oh, I love that man so much, and you could say always oh, streaky, always oh, not good. I have this guy, this guy, Jetty Osmond, like. Even though he wasn't a bucket getter and he wasn't great, he just felt like family, man. He just felt like he was a big piece of the heart of this team. And um, enough of my sob story. I like Struess a lot. I don't like giving up Lamar Stevens. I wish we could have given up Isaac Okoro for somebody, anybody for Isaac Okoro. Okoro
0: drives me nuts.
1: Okoro is god-awful. God awful. Just give me, give me how much his contract is worth. I don't even want a player. Just, just give me my money back, please. Oh my god. And and people will say, oh well, he he's he's a dog on the defense side of the ball. I agree, but we didn't lose to New York because we couldn't play defense. Well, that was a big part of it. But we lost to New York because our offense sucked. We were could, we were running could we, not score the ball. We had we had Donovan Mitchell disappeared in that series on uh, yes, paper. Best player in the series, right? MVP year,
0: 71 points. By the way, go going into that series, I had Donovan Mitchell as a top ten player in the NBA. I don't anymore.
1: No, he he Donnie, I, I love you, man, but you, you let me down big time. I still love you more than Isaac Kuro. I love anybody more than Isaac Kuro. Isaac Kuro is awful. G- get this. I'd rather, I'd rather sign James Jones again. I'd rather tell him to come out of retirement and p- take Isaac Kuro's minutes because I. I mean, mean, he
0: is the GM of the Suns right now. All he has to do is step out of the court and shoot freeze. He'd be a better three point shooter right now than Kuro.
1: I know. He. Uh, anyway, yes, we are missing a. A true, a true wing, a true, I think, um, I think Allen needs to go. That's tough to say, but I think Allen needs to go because Allen's soft and he proved to me that he was a softy. He was getting absolutely bodied against the Knicks. If you have two seven footers and can't rebound the ball, what is the point? That is a waste of space.
0: That is- I agree, but Jalen, let me throw this at you because I've been proposing this, and some people think I'm crazy. Some people think I'm I'm actually onto something. You're probably going to think I'm crazy. You're going to say, brain in no way." Here's what I propose. Okay, I know you're you're getting nervous around here. I know, know I know what you're going to say.
1: I know what you're going to say because I think I'm thinking the same thing.
0: Okay, the problem with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley is Evan Mobley to me is not ready to play the five. Uh, I think his body is perfectly built for the four, a like Tim Duncan, a lot like Kevin Garnett. I think he's a perfect four. I don't think he's ready to play the five, especially when you're going up against those bigs, Giannis, and et cetera, in the Eastern Conference. So in my opinion, uh, and I don't think Jared Allen's trade value is that high right now anyway because of his playoff performance. So in my opinion, the only way to improve this team is to get a wing, as we know. And the only way you're going to get a wing is, Jalen, you move down to the Mitchell to the one and you trade Darius Garland. I agree. Like, that to me, and I and I have proposed, because I don't think uh, Boston would be willing to do a Darius Garland for Jalen Brown trade, though I think that's the type of magnitude you would get for Darius Garland. So to me, Jalen, I came up with one team who would make a deal with the Cavs. And both of these players are on the same team. They're both a little bit older. They both have had injury history. But I think it would make sense for both sides. And even if you don't get 82 games out of these guys, if they're healthy for the playoffs, that's all that matters. Jalen, you call the Los Angeles Clippers. And you trade Darius Garland and you ask them, would you give us Kawhi Leonard or Paul George? One of the two. We'll take one of them. If we have to throw in a coro, we can throw in a coral to make the money work. Please, please um, throw in a coral. But, but I know, and there's a lot of reservation on my part, too, because of Kawhi Leonard's injury history, and I understand it, and Paul George as well. But if you have Mitchell at the one, LeVert at the two, and LeVert drives me nuts sometimes, but he can score the basketball. And you have, you know, one of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard at the three, Mobley at the four, Allen at the five. Coming off the bench, you still would have Rubio, Struz, Niang, Amani Bates. That's a real team, in my opinion. And by the way, I'm gonna make one more point before you go. Outside of Golden State, obviously, with Stephen Clay, and by the way, Clay was a bigger two. He was a six seven two. I don't think you can win an NBA championship. With your two primary scorers being in the backcourt and then both being similar size at six one, the way Garland and Mitchell are, which is why I never thought Garland and Sexton would work, and here we are again in the same situation.
1: See, I, you know how close or how close Paul George was to to being a Cavalier. A few years ago, Do you yeah, you know,
0: I talked about this with, with Clarence the other day on Brands World, Clarence Watson. You guys can go back and listen to it. I said at that time, I think the Cavs made the right decision not trading Kevin Love.
1: I, I I agree, but I think this is the time that PG becomes a Cavalier. I love Paul George. I know he's injury prone. I I know he's older, but I love paul george i've always loved paul george i was one of the few few kids who said hey brent i would come up to you every every wednesday or whenever we had uh yc i would say hey let's trade kevin love get kevin love out of here let's get paul george no you you always said no 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 i was high on paul george and you know this i love paul george i think he would love he, him
0: as much as Brandon Miller does. I,
1: okay, listen, Paul George is so good when he's healthy. Yes. He is a monster. That is what we need. And uh, you said throw in a coral. I'll, I'll throw a coral anywhere. I mean, he can play in China for all I care. Him and Dylan Brooks can start their own team for yeah. for Christ. I I hate Anyways, I. I love Paul George, and I don't hate trading Garland. I love DG. I think DG is a solid bucket getter when you need him to. He He's like – it's like uh, we're we're in the Portland situation kind of. Yes. I have-
0: completely agree. By the way, I said it. DG came out small in that series as well. Yeah. So so I gave up with the idea, by the way, Jalen. I've been telling people this for two months. Uh, probably almost three now. At the end of that Knicks series, you remember game five was on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, it was Knicks-Cavs, obviously the Knicks. I thought the Cavs were going to come out and destroy them by 20 in game five and then lose I, in game six. I just thought the Knicks maybe wanted one to, to win it at home. But I was so disappointed by the way the Cavs came out with that energy in game five. So I after the game, I literally laid in bed. I think I was texting you or I was texting another friend I waited, bet, and it dawned on me. Ding, ding, ding. You have to try Darius Garland.
1: Yeah. He he did not he did not show up. Donovan didn't show up. You know who did show up? Jetty Osmond. You know who else did show up? Karis LeVert. Two guys.
0: You know, LeVert was okay. He had a really good oh, okay. game uh, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did Put- a really good game too. He didn't show up the rest of the games though. I, LeVert, LeVert's numbers – are inflated by his really good game too when the Knicks didn't even try. Put put your hatred aside for Levert. You LeVert dribbles the ball off his foot almost every time he does and he never passes. That's what drives me nuts about the guy.
1: Let let's let's look at this here. Guys, I'm pulling up a text from Brandon himself when we resign. Let, let's look at this.
0: <laughs>
1: Quote: I don't understand. The Karis Lavert re signing. Dude drives me nuts. When I tell you, Brandon gives so much crap to, to Lavert on a nightly basis, no matter what, what he does, he could put up 30, Brandon, and be like, eh. He still dribbles the ball off his
0: foot every time he comes up the court.
1: It's okay. He's not meant to be a good player. He's meant to be a bench player. If he was oh, meant to be. Man. If he was meant to be an all-star, he would be an all-star. Well, uh,
0: You know, the other thing, too, Jalen, can, can we at least admit this is the year for JB? JB and his rotations, I, I keep saying drive me nuts, They do. The Cavs were the most frustrating team. I swore to God to watch it all-basketball last year. No,
1: nah, because because JB Bakerstaff is horrible.
0: He is horrible. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. I may have gotten the wrong guy. I thought you were a JB fan. Because when I I was saying fire JB, weren't you the one saying no? We got to keep JB.
1: I, I did say that because I I I am very very. Hey, once I have a, a player on my team besides Isaac Kakoro, screw you, leave my team. Isaac, if you ever see this, if if me and Brandon ever have our own show I, on any sort of network, and you're still in the NBA, you are not coming on my show. You will One not be. One day a guest. we
0: will. One day we will. I promise you that.
1: You will not be a guest on our show. You are awful. I hate you. You can't shoot anyway. <laughs> you let oh me God. down. You let me down so much this year that I have the same amount of hatred for for. For uh, for Isaac, that you have for for JB and LeVert combined, okay?
0: My JB hate is, is more than LeVert. I'm fine with LaVert. It's shit. I'm like, Jalen, people fire coaches all the time. Bonnie Williams got fired. Coach Bud got fired. Doc Rivers got fired. And we're still here with JB Pickers, staff, who I always said has the perfect last name because he's really Pickers with his staff. Listen. I, I have
1: watched basketball since I have been two years old. I have sat in front of the TV and watched these Cavs struggle with horrible head coaches. Horrible. Absolutely. So I, yeah, when we started winning, maybe I said, yeah, let's keep JB because we're winning again. We're getting back to that form. We're going to win. We're... He let me down. Okay, we, lo- we lost in five on your home floor. This is not you, you, your rotations are horrible. Lamar Stevens didn't see minutes. Isaac Okoro is starting for God knows why. He's the worst player I've ever seen. G- give me Dylan Brooks over Okoro. Yeah, I said it. Listen,
0: he shooting
1: Well, yeah, and it won't hit the side of the rim or the backboard. Anyway, 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 I. I, yes, I said, let's hold on to JB because we're winning now. Why would we stop? He let me down. Okay, he needs to go. I I don't hate the guy. I really don't. Like I said, the only Cavalier I hate is Isaac. I, but he's just not the guy to win a championship
0: with. Thoughts on Phoenix acquiring Bradley Beal, essentially giving up Chris Paul for Bradley Beal. Uh, I think they're going to be a really good team. I don't know if they're necessarily a championship team. I think the Lakers made a lot of good improvements this offseason. Obviously, Denver is still there. I think Golden State is going to come back for a vengeance with Chris Paul leading the bench. I think Sacramento is going to be better. But I, I know you're a big fan of all three of these guys, Bradley Beal, Durant, Devin Booker. They're all on the same team. I just think Beal and... Booker are sort of a duplicate of each other, and all three of these guys, by the way, all have injury history.
1: Kevin Durant pisses me off more than more than like how do you slip during warmups and then like oh uh.
0: the word's mistake and I know everybody said you know they were happy including us when Durant left Golden State. I defended them leaving OKC for Golden State because you know my hatred for Russell Westbrook is way more than your hatred for Isaac Accord. I think Russell Westbrook is one of the worst basketball boys I've ever freaking seen in my life. You think that because you're a Lakers fan. Let's start there. I am not a Lakers fan. I am a LeBron supporter, not even a fan. I am a LeBron supporter. And I've been saying Westbrook stinks since he was in OKC after Durant left. So it has nothing to do with him being a Laker. Uh, by the way, I gave him his credit. I thought he played pretty well with the Clippers at the end of last season. Nonetheless, I digress. Um, y- You know, I think Duran's biggest mistake was leaving Golden State. He went to Brooklyn with, with a guy, a nutcase in Kyrie Irving. They had DeAndre Jordan. They moved off him. They bring in James Harden. James Harden, who quits on every team he's ever been on, he even says, this is a damn mess. He leaves. They go get Ben Simmons, who hasn't won a basketball game in what feels like four freaking years. And now Durant is all of a sudden, yeah, I quit. I want to go to Phoenix. I want to help Chris Paul get a ring. Two months later, ah, screw Chris Paul. Let's go get Bradley Beal. Who's next on Kevin Durant with what are you gonna do next year? Ask screw Devin Booker. Let's go get somebody else. I mean, really. at,
1: at this point, I think this is the be- this is this is a blessing in disguise for Chris Paul. Let's start there. This is an absolute blessing in disguise. I think Chris Paul's gonna thrive. I think Jordan Poole's gonna suck in Washington. I think that Phoenix is gonna be very mediocre, actually. I, I, I think that it won't work. I think the formula for Devin Booker and Bradley Beal won't work. I think Kevin Durant's declining. It's really an end of an era. I see all these all these posts on IG and and, and Twitter. I need to get off Twitter. I need to hop on threads, I know.
0: but <laughs> Yes, hop on threads. By the way, follow me at LewisBren25 on threads. Link is in the description along with j Instagram and all my socials.
1: You're welcome for the plug. But um, all these – All these Twitter posts and IG about an end of an era. Seeing Chris Paul come off a bench makes me really sad. Like, it just makes me feel so old. But, anyway, I think Phoenix is going to suck this year. I can't lie. I'm not high on this team anymore.
0: Wow. I'm actually surprised. I thought you'd be very high on Phoenix.
1: I am not. I wish Bradley Beal went somewhere else. I, I I think that... Like I said, I think Washington – I think Jordan Poole is going to suck. He's going to fall into the shuffle. He's going to be a player we forget about in the next two years. He's not going to thrive. I the think-
0: Wizards are literally one of those teams that's like, oh, yeah, they exist. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean – for real, it's like oh yeah, we got to play. It's it's like what the Hornets were uh, for for the longest time. Now they got the Mo Ball, they got Brandon Miller. They could be okay to decent in a couple of years. But I mean, it's like what Sacramento was for all those years. It's like oh yeah, they, we got to play them. It's um, like
1: you're looking up the the schedule for the Cavs. You're like it's a Wednesday night, like seven o'clock game. You're like oh, we play we play that team in Washington. Forgot they existed.
0: Yeah, um. I do want to bring this theory to you because I don't know if we'll agree on this. I have a feeling we will. So I took around and look at the NBA, as you know, before the playoffs. I ranked my top 10 players, as you know, after the playoffs. That all changed. Nikola Jokic completely uh, changed my mind. He proved me wrong. And I'm glad he did. I know you were always a Denver and Nikola Jokic fan. I needed to personally see him go win a championship, and that he did. But I, I look at Denver structure of their team. And I look at recent NBA success, Jay, and I also look at, as we've talked about sometimes, over the last few years in the draft, you have guys like Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, you know, you name them. There's all these kids, John Moran, coming in, you know, despite John Moran's personal issues, coming in and working very quickly and getting these teams to legitimate contention in their respective conferences. So in today's NBA, as we just talked about with Phoenix, I don't think three superstars is the answer nowadays in today's league, which I think is as competitive as ever. And I think it's great for the week. I think you need a superstar like a Jokic, a Steph, a Giannis, a LeBron. I think you need a star, you know, whether it's, you know, a Klay a Thompson, a Jamal Murray, who I think really rose into stardom. You know, I think there's a lot of really good number twos in the week. And then I think you need a bunch of role players and 3 and D guys, which is why a team like Dallas that went ahead and re up Kyrie Irvin for all that money didn't understand it. I don't think the fit works. And as I mentioned with our Cads, I think the backcourt dynamic, I don't think your two front scorers can be backcourt players. Like, I think you need a really good center or a wing. I think you need a really good guard and a star slash superstar and then just surround them with 3 and D wings. That, to me, we saw with Miami this year. Star, potential superstar the way he plays in Jimmy Butler, and then just a bunch of damn wings of 3 and D guys that can shoot, make baskets, and defend the rim.
1: Just wait till Dame ends up in Miami. That team's gonna be nasty.
0: That team is gonna be nasty. Now I know. Now you're a big fan of Damian Lillard. I know. I wanted to address this with you. I think Dame sometimes is he has a number. He has a number one's game and a number two's mind. Like sometimes I don't think Dame is at that superstar level. A lot like Jimmy Butler. But I think both those guys can push each other, and that way the whole load isn't on Jimmy, isn't on Dame. And so if you do get that combination with Bam, even if they to give up a tie or a hero, they did lose a lot of that depth, which worries me a lot of Gabe Vincent going to the Lakers, Struz obviously to the Cavs. If they have to give up hero and Duncan Robinson, you're losing a lot of that bench but that in the East still has a making of a championship team with Milwaukee getting old very quickly, and they did not get younger. Philadelphia, the choke artists that, that they are. And then Boston, you know how I feel about Boston. I think they're also choke artists that they are. So if they get Dame, I think Miami's right back in, in uh, NBA final contention next year.
1: You know how much I love Dame Dollar. I love Damian Lillard a lot. I like his game. I like how cold-blooded he is. Um, but I, I agree if he had to, if he had a number one mindset, he would have been out of Portland a long time ago. Now, a lot of people are mad. Oh, a lot of people in Portland are mad. Oh, damn. How could you do this? How could you, dude, I would have left too. I would have been out of there years ago.
0: And by what? the way, you found your next star to Superstar Scoot Henderson. Don't know how good he's gonna be, but he's gonna be pretty damn good early.
1: Yeah. Um now, do I do I agree with giving up some of your depth? Eh, It's something you might have to do. But this Miami team could be insane. Could could be the best team in basketball. Besides Denver. Them in Denver. That could be we could get a real finals matchup. We we that would be so fun to watch. And I I hope he ends up on Miami. I don't care if we have to play him. We'll beat him just as long as Isaac Kakoro isn't on the floor. But we'll we'll beat him. It, it's, oh my goodness. It's okay. Um Jay, Jay Wendell,
0: help me out. I'm sure you heard my rant last Tuesday on the podcast about the NBA in-season tournament. I don't understand it. At all, uh, What the, the hell is it? The, for, the format doesn't make sense. As, as I said, if you're going to group all of these teams, why not just do it by division? I mean, if divisions are supposed to matter in the NBA. Why not do it then? Uh It's supposedly for, for money, which uh, most of these NBA players don't care about the money. They make so much money to begin with, even the young kids. So... To me, it's not going to help with ratings. It's not going to make the NBA season more interesting. To me, the NBA season really doesn't start until February after football. I don't even care about the Christmas Day games anymore. I know you're a bigger NBA fan than I am, but let's say the Nuggets play the Heat even with Dave in November. I don't give a damn because these teams are going to be completely different November versus potentially June in another finals game.
1: Right, because you have the trade deadline in there. You have moves to be made, and I don't understand uh, whose idea was this. You know, you know what? I got a rant. You know whose idea this was? This was LeBron. This has no. It was
0: not. This has LeBron
1: written all over it. Just so if he wins, it's a petty, it's a petty accomplishment. Whoa,
0: Jordan didn't do this. What even is this, Mister Sandvik? You have crossed the line about this. This was a 100% Adam Silver's way of getting more TV money. And as I said, what happens if the damn Wizards and Jordan Poole shock the world and win this tournament? What the is it going to be? Oh, we won 20 games the whole year, but we won the in-season tournament. What does that even mean? Like, what? Okay, how is this going to work? Because
1: are, are we just going to stop halfway through the season just to go to bed? No, so,
0: so, so this is what they said, okay? that there's going to be tournament games on Tuesdays and Fridays, basically in the month of November. Um, And on Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, Sunday, you're still going to have regular season games. Uh, And by the way, the tournament games in the first round, or whatever they call it, they're still going to count towards the regular season games. So I don't understand it. I don't know why they're doing it in November. I don't know why they wouldn't just do it if you want to do it. Do it over All Star Weekend. I don't get it, man. I don't get it.
1: See, I follow this guy on TikTok. He's very—he's a football—he's a football guy. He doesn't really watch basketball or baseball, but he—he—he's a—he's a Bears guy. So he's like, "Oh, this is great for the NBA. This is—I see so many people bitching and moaning and complaining." Can why I'm here. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's like. I see so many people complaining, and and I'm like, yeah, because it doesn't make sense. This makes no sense. This is a cash grab. This isn't for our entertainment. I don't care about the the what's it called the the, the NBA
0: v- Cup or whatever they're gonna call it.
1: Yeah, what is this soccer like? What am I? What? Okay, Adam Silver, you need you need to go. I, I you need to go this this definitely has Le, lebron written all over it though i will say that and this isn't me being a hater this is just something to to pat off his legacy if he doesn't if he wins if he doesn't win who cares i i hope we win even though i don't know what that entails you know what it should be if you win this tournament and you and you make the playoffs you should get home court you should get home court advantage
0: Somebody said, and I and I like this idea, they should add an extra pick to the first round of the draft, whether they want to do it at the end of the lottery or at the end of the first round, and the winner of that tournament gets the extra pick.
1: That's good. Or the winner of the tournament gets the number one pick.
0: And you just get rid of the lottery, which is the, the biggest rigged thing in the history of the NBA, and the NBA gets to control it? Nah, they won't do that.
1: Yeah, but that, that would be fun. Can we can we talk about Wimby for a little bit? Can we can we
0: We can talk about Wimby for a second? Cause I told you about Wemby a long time ago, about six months ago, and I told you to go look at this kid's eye whites and he's Giannis already with a shot. Um we can talk about Wimby for a second. I want you to give your thoughts on Wemby because I want to get your thoughts on sort of the off-season rule changes real quick before we move on to wrestling.
1: Now you know I, I told you this last night. I love Summer league ball,
0: okay. This I, boy takes summer league way too seriously. Go ahead. How, how can you? Anyways, you are a football
1: advocate. I am okay. It. I hate you the preseason. Love preseason. I hate it. I love basketball. I love preseason. I love everything basketball. Besides, By the way,
0: I want the NFL to get rid of the preseason. That's how much I hate it.
1: I, I do too. But I don't want summer league to go anywhere. This man Wimby is dogging. Up. He's a grown man on the floor. He he is like Jesus. Like I am scared to play this man. And with Pop's play style, this man will be a monster. I guarantee it. the The league should be scared. Giannis should be scared. All the big men should be absolutely terrified. I love Wimby. I, I'm i on the Wimby train. I'm all for it.
0: Jalen, two rule changes that are going to take place in the NBA this year. One I like. One I think is going to be stupid and very controversial. The one I like is if a coach wins his first challenge, he gets a second challenge. The way it works in the NFL, the way it works in baseball, the way it should always work. Really like that rule. This flopping rule we're even get a technical foul for, you know, another player flopping. How the hell are you going to determine what a flop is?
1: Well, all you got to do is watch James Harden for six hours straight. And you can. Eat.
0: I mean, the NBA officiating is the worst officiating ever. Just take a look at game five of the NBA finals this year between the Heat and Nuggets. Jaywin, do you remember in the first half when Yoko was getting hit by like four people and they didn't call a foul? Dude, it's like JBL came out from there. gave <laughs> It's like a close line. And then in the fourth quarter, they touch him. They go, beep! <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are we doing here? Like, I'm going to watch for words. I, I don't understand it. Like, it's, once it's clearly obvious, right, if you touch a guy and you go, ooh, then I guess you could say that's flopping, but to me, this is going to be a bust. Uh, I don't get it. I don't know. You got any yeah. words for this? Uh, the flop the world doesn't make
1: sense. What are they going to do? Just compare flops and be like, oh, well.
0: Yeah, how, how do you define a flop? <laughs> I, I said the blood charge call next to probably pass interference in the NFL is the hardest call to make in sports. Like, it's so bang-bang. Some are clearly obvious, but 90% of them are bang-bang. Like, I don't know. People have different balances. Some guy can take a hit and fall backwards. Other guys can take a hit and fall, you know, slightly. It just depends on your size, your weight. There's a bunch of different factors.
1: Yeah. If you have – say you have me on the floor and Draymond's coming at me and he gives me a little shove. Obviously, I'm going to fall because I'm skinny and – not as heavy. What 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 are you gonna do? Oh yeah. Well, he flopped because he flew six feet down. Or yeah, six feet down the other side of the floor. Like, how? I I, I can jump for Christ. When I get pushed, I can jump backwards for for God's sake. I I can I can flop. Like, how can you determine
0: what a flop is? And a barely named one technical foul. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a situation where it's like a one- or two-point game or maybe a tie game wait, and there's going to be a situation where a team drives the basket. There's going to be a controversial where a guy falls down. They're going to call a flop, and the team's going to win on a technical free throw, and it's going to be a complete disaster.
1: Yeah. You know who would be in real big trouble if if this rule was implemented 10 years ago? Who would that be? Our boy, our beloved Cavalier, Anderson Bergeau.
0: See, I don't know because I don't think Andy ever flopped. Okay. Maybe, maybe they called it. I don't know. Tell me Andy never flopped. Well, what is a flop? I just had this conversation with you. A flop is way, you just jump backward. I – I seen a flop yesterday for
1: in a in a in a college soccer game. I I saw a flop. It was by my own
0: cousin. He flopped. It was clear. One I mean, like guy said it's clear if you touch a guy and he go oh that yeah. is that is clear. That is uh, Andy. That's Andy's specialty right there. Yeah, sometimes, but not very often. I uh, from what I remember, Andy was always in perfect position. I want like Kevin Love did for all those years with the Cavs.
1: Oh man, I this league is in big trouble.
0: Jalen, we're gonna end the NBA talk on that. You wanted to start off with this topic. I said, no, let's wait on what a minute. We gotta get our big topics and we gotta get our NFL and NBA in first. You're dying to talk to me about professional wrestling. What's on your mind, my friend? I want you to start. Let me talk to
1: him. Yeah.
0: yeah. No. No no. We'll have
1: everybody saying L A Hey night. Yeah. yeah. Listen, this guy is the most over wrestler in the business right now. He is more over than Daniel Bryan was in 24. 24- this is I agree. I, am- I agree. I am. And lo- I don't even watch WWE, but guess what? When I know LA Knights on the television, I'm flipping the channel. You,
0: you know, I wake up every morning and just go, yeah.
1: Yeah. All the time. Even, even I, I texted, I, I texted my mom the other uh, and she's like, what do you want from the store? And I was like, can you give me some cookies? Yeah. And yeah. she's like, what was that? And I was like, don't, don't question me. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a state of mind right now, but the smartest thing they did, the smartest thing WWE did was have Damian Priest win the Money in the Bank. That was the smartest decision they've made in the last ten years.
0: I, I, I dig it. I told you. I know you didn't watch Money in the Bank the day of. I watched it the night of. Couldn't watch it live. I thought it was one of the best pay per views I've ever watched. And what the hell was John Cena doing? That? What? The- I mean, it, it was just insane. The the great action, the booking, everything was incredible, man. Um, listen, you know, I know you're a big AEW fan. You know, I've had my issues with the owner of AEW. You know, I've had my issues with that company. Um, you know, as we've talked about a lot before, I think wrestling is very niche. I think wrestling is very different. You know, I'm a big WWE fan. I have never had so much enjoyment right now whether it's raw or smackdown with a lot of times it feels like them you know sometimes going for the motions leading up to the premium live events which i get it but when you get to those premium live events no matter it's the cinema with the board line it's the storytelling it's the fantastic matches wwe right now merchandise sales are at an all-time high Attendance is up. I went to Raw about a month ago at the field house here in Cleveland. It was absolutely one of the best crowds I have ever been a part of. I had an absolute blast. It was a great show. Like, I don't think anybody can deny it right now. WWE, thanks to Triple H getting that old man Vince out of the chair. And God forbid, sometimes Vince does come back and he rattles us and makes a terrible show once a month. But for the most part. WWE right now, Jalen is banging. It's a great time to be a fan.
1: It is because, because listen, you can get a kid like me who grew up watching wrestling from the age of six years old. I remember the first time I saw, the first wrestler I ever saw on, on Raw was Brock Lesnar when he came back in 2012.
0: Oh, wow. That's the first. Wow. I didn't know that.
1: When, when, well, maybe, maybe when I was like really, really young, my dad still watched Raw. So maybe I saw like the end of Shawn Michaels. Maybe. But like the oh, wow. first vivid memory I have is do you remember Stream Rules 2012? The Lesnar
0: Cena match.
1: And Lesnar cut that promo. That promo where he was sitting in the gym or whatever. He was, Doing that interview. Uh, that Don't is my, remember that. My first memory of wrestling is right there. And I was hooked ever since. And then I got a little burned out. And then I found out that. Oh there's this new AEW company. I'm going to watch this. And all my favorite guys are going there. And then we got Punk. And I was like my favorite wrestler of all time is going to be here. This is going to be awesome. And it is awesome. I love the wrestling. But man. The bloodline right now is incredible. Cinema.
0: I acknowledge my tribal chief. I don't. Who, at this point, I don't think he's going to surpass Bruno San Martino's record. I think it'd be actually hysterical if he did. I think we're heading, I said it the other day, I think we're heading towards WrestleMania 40 which I will try to be at in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. By the way, the home of the Philadelphia Eagles, Lincoln Financial Field. It's my goal to be there at WrestleMania 40. If it's the only WrestleMania I'll be at, so be it. I think the American Nightmare, as much as I thought Roman should have won at WrestleMania 39, I think Cody finishes his story a year later at WrestleMania 40. That's where I think we're heading. Unless that Mr. If You Smell comes back for one more match, then I think we could extend Reigns' championship brand a world longer. But at this point I don't think it's ending any worse than a WrestleMania.
1: You see, I, I, I will also try my best to be at that WrestleMania. That is because it is so close to home. It is the closest we will ever get probably probably so if I have to my first my first wrestling show ever was the Royal Rumble in 2014 in PA so in in Philly. So I will I will try my best.
0: Wait, no, that was the one in Pittsburgh. Uh, that was, towards. yeah,
1: that, that was in Pittsburgh. That was, yep,
0: I was at Raw the next night because I was in Cleveland the next night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, I was in love with the stage. I was in love with the setup. I was just a, a kid with a dream. And now I have a shot to go to WrestleMania. You bet your bottom dollar I'll be there. And by the time I be there, that boy, LA night, yeah. He will be the United States champion. Sure, be
0: man. I gotta tell you, like Raw's got all this stuff going on with the Judgment Day, SmackDown, the broadline. There's so much interesting television right now, and it's. Really, Triple H has not made a dramatic change, if you will, since taking over about a year ago from Vince. But it's the little things. It's the following up on storytelling. It's the less people sounding like robots. It's things constantly happening on TV that make sense. It's not running the same day of matches five times a week. Like, in retrospect, WWE looks the same. It's the same storyline, same characters mostly. It's the little things he's doing and the excitement and letting these people be themselves is getting fans back into the product.
1: Can can we just like, I I agree, but can we just like get rid of the commentary team? Holy God. The commentary team on Raw is horrible.
0: See, I've actually grown to like Kevin Patrick. A lot of people hate him. I actually think he does a decent job. You got to be kidding me. You know who I miss on the commentary booth? Well, we all know who we all miss. That is Pat McAfee. Miss him dearly. Miss him every week. Wade Barrett does a good job on SmackDown. But Michael Cole, Pat McAfee was the WWE, what Tony Romo did for Jim Nance when he came to CBS, reinvigorated his career. Pat McAfee reinvigorated Michael Cole. And Michael Cole without Vince McMahon in his ear, you cannot deny. It's a completely different commentator.
1: Remember, uh, uh, probably, four years ago at this point i was bashing michael cole and you were like michael cole's so
0: good oh i defend cole every day of my wife
1: <laughs> michael cole is phenomenal but he needs he's the peanut butter and pat's the jelly
0: he needs his jelly back cole's been really good with wade but there there is that special connection that he has with pat i think he does a really good job with Corey too um, I think Corey Graves is great, by the way. I don't get the hate for Corey Graves. I think Corey's fantastic.
1: Oh, I don't I don't get that hate, but I do understand the hate for Kevin Patrick. He's horrible. He is god-awful.
0: Yeah, I've heard some reports they may want to bring up Vic Joseph from NXT. Maybe he fills in for Kevin. I do like that they went back to two announced teams
1: though, instead of the free man booth. I want I want Mar. Mario Ronaldo back. You remember, you
0: remember? I thought Mario was a terror. I did not like Mario Ronaldo. He he was basically a JR ripoff. A uh, JR was, ripoff. Yeah, way not too over close. the top.
1: JR is not even doing commentary no more.
0: Yeah, I know. I you know me. I was never the biggest fan of JR. Um, uh, I just thought he sold it way too hard. Sometimes I thought it was kind of a joke. He's got the most iconic King. calls
1: in wrestling, though.
0: He has some iconic calls. I loved him and King together, but outside of that, I didn't think Jr. worked with anybody else other than Jerry.
1: Please get Kevin Patrick out of there. Give me King for credit. I'll take King in the commentary booth again.
0: King King was decent. He declined over the last few years, but um, before we move on, you know, um, I want to ask you your opinion on this because now we have you know Raw on Mondays. NXT on Tuesdays, which, you know, I'll get to that in a second, because, because I'm going to point it back to something. Wednesday, AEW Dynamite. Thursday is, I believe, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Friday is SmackDown and Rampage. Saturday is WPOE's AEW Collision. Sunday, potentially, NXT pay-per-views, AEW pay-per-views, Jalen, Oh, listen, in the in the internet world, we can watch quotes, we can do streaming and all that. It is impossible though, in my opinion, if you want to be a fan of both WWE and AEW, and some people watch Impact and New Japan as well, to watch all this wrestling. Are we getting to the point where wrestling is being oversaturated and being too consumed? It is literally on now almost every single day of the year.
1: Yeah, and when we were when we were growing up, it was on two two nights a week.
0: Yep, it was Raw Monday, SmackDown for either a Friday or Thursday, whatever era you grew up in, it changed nights, but that was it. And occasionally at TNA on Thursday, have you ever watched TNA? Yeah,
1: that was it. By the way, Prime TNA, good times. Good times.
0: I I watched TNA for about two years. Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy, Sting, Beer Money, AJ Styles, all those guys, yes.
1: Great, great. Great, just bad management now, but great, great, great times. But yeah, I agree. It's it's oversaturated, and you can't enjoy it. You get burnt out after now, uh, Kenny, and, and all the new Japan guys putting on these five star matches, and then you switch to NXT. You're so like, for for me, it's like you run out of stamina. Right, so you, you you see something. It's like when you watch a match, you have energy that those guys have. When those guys are gassed, you're gassed because you're like, oh, my God, Like I've been screaming for, for 15, 20 minutes, 30 yes. minutes. That's how it is every night because now good matches are being put on television all the time. AEW putting on solid matches on free television. Even Impact – I watched a, a match with uh, Naomi N- now, not Trinity. Name, Trinity. Now, even that was good, and I'm like, Impact hasn't put on a good, good match since Aces and Eights era. Like, Aces
0: and Eights era. I remember that. That was like their ripoff version of the Shield.
1: Yeah, and the Shield did it so much better.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, that's why, like I say, you kind of had to pick companies or pick shows. Like for me. <laughs> This And I know you're more of a professional wrestling fan, and I'm more of a sports entertainment fan. And I say that because, and I know you'll agree with me, there is a difference. Yeah. Um. And there's a difference in style. There's a difference in presentation. There's a difference in language. There's a difference in all of it. And so that's why I gravitate more towards WWE and why AEW has almost completely fallen off for me is because, and I've told you this for four years, when AEW first started i watched the first ever um i believe it was double or nothing pay-per-view may of 2019 i thought it was one of the best pay-per-views they they, i've ever seen wv tna aew i was hooked i watched AEW dynamite for probably the first six months and slowly just slowly and slowly started getting burned out there was nothing that really caught my eye or gave me a good character or anything like that it was just some XWB guys putting in some work and more and more, it just feels like Tony Khan and AEW are easing to their hardcore professional wrestling fan base, which as you know, an average of 500 to tops a million, and they're not even getting that anymore. Uh, and it just feels like to me that AEW is kind of, I don't know, they're they're stale. They're not doing anything to grab my attention. Like, I know Bored and Guts is this Wednesday, and I have no interest in watching it, and I've watched the last two. See, I,
1: I, I get it. I, I get it. I, lo- I love wrestling. I love. I love spots. I love. I love just being taken off my feet by these real life superheroes. Some say. Some say they're they're real life superheroes. I, I agree. They're kind of still right now. But I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. I think they're here for the long haul. I think they're better than WCW. I think anyone who clowned them saying, oh, it's just WCW revamped. That
0: was me when it first started.
1: That was you. And I told you, no. We got talent on this side of the ball. We got the – probably – Besides LA Knight, the greatest talker, we got MJF in the building. We MJF
0: got tro- is a goat. I want him to come to WWE so bad.
1: <laughs> he won't. He won't. He's trolling everybody. He's gonna sign a big max deal. He's gonna make it a big deal. He's gonna do what Punk did in Ring of Honor. He's gonna sign. The, he's gonna. He's gonna sign the uh, contract on the belt. It's gonna be a big deal. He's not going anywhere. He's. He's staying right here. He's staying where he belongs. We got Darby Allen. You know, every week I can be I can expect a five-star match out of out of AEW television, but every week when I turn on WWE, I could expect a five-star promo. So it's really like what I could expect average match and a good promo or I could expect a great match and a decent promo. So it's really like what do you like? Yes, And a lot of people like WWE because wrestling is, is, is beautiful. It's a, it's wrestling beautiful. It's
0: very niche. It's yeah. Very because
1: niche. you could, you could like, you could like new Japan. You can like deathmatch, You could like nineties wrestling. You could, you could like, you this like style. different
0: styles. You can like different promos. You can like different wrestlers. Why we all have a different favorite. Um, I won't say this Jay, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not. I think the minute AEW started going downhill is when Cody Rhodes left. I thought that was way more significant than people initially thought. Leaving a EVP position in the second biggest wrestling company in the world to go back to a company that buried you 6 years earlier to just be a wrestler, I was like that's strange. And I was a little pessimistic. I was like there's no way Cody Rhodes is going to come back and be a major star in WWE. The fans aren't going to like him. Immediately, Cody Rhodes got over. Now he's in this great feud with Brock Lesnar that's going to culminate at SummerSlam. But I think looking back at it, I think now Cody made the right decision. And I don't really think AEW has truly been the same since then. And you add in obviously the CM Punk and the elite incident at all out of 2022.
1: I work with children. That that I saw that meme everywhere when that happened. When when Punk was in that press conference, I work I work with children. Yeah. I, I'm hurt. I'm tired. I work with children. See, that is what was like. Come on, guys. Like
0: that was that was not a good look. I'm surprised AEW brought Punk back. I I really am. Um, and I know. Listen, I'm not trying to ditch your favorite wrestler of all time. I'm not at all. I think CM Punk's one of the best in ring talents ever. Personality wise, I used to be a fan of Punk. I'm just not anymore. I him with a microphone is a draw. Him as a wrestler anymore to me is not that much of a draw. I just want to hear what the man has to say because now I know he can say whatever he wants.
1: He's kind of a he's kind of a d bag. I can't lie. Yeah, <laughs> there
0: you go. See, he's your favorite wrestler, and you're like he's a d bag. So again, that's another turn off for a guy like me.
1: But like, he's not the bad kind of d bag. He's just like. When he went on, when he went on um, Cole Cabana's podcast five years ago, I was too young to understand what works were and what promo, what storylines were, and all that stuff. But now that I listen to it, I understand that. I understand that Ryback was a complete moron. Like I understand when he says some of the stuff he says, but I'll never understand the beef with Elite. And I really hope like they set that to the side and they have an actual feud because I feel like that would draw. I feel like that would be fun to watch. I feel like if we watched Hangman, Adam Page and CM Punk go at it in a a hardcore match or just in a wrestling match in general, I feel like that would be a draw. It'd be fun to watch. So That's just me. Like That's just how I look. I, I look at it as like like, yeah, Punk says a lot of stuff you don't like, but he's been doing that for years, so it's nothing new. He went on air and called the Vince. He called John Laurinaitis a douchebag yesman live on air. So you can't you can't really hate the guy. I I love Punk. I, I forever will.
0: when th- this summer, you know, actually, two years ago today, I, on the date of this recording, which July sixteenth, was two years to the day since WWE returned with crowds. It's been an amazing two years. I say that because that summer was special. We got the summer of Cena coming back against Reigns at SummerSlam. We had CM Punk return in AEW. Yet this summer, with money in the bank, with all-in in in, in Wembley Stadium in London, with SummerSlam, with all-out, with the moments we've had with our guy L.A. yeah. Yeah, with the, with the bloodline, with everything going on in WWE and AEW this summer for wrestling, and it's been a good thing. We're gonna get to this in a second. Our baseball team has not been very good. No, um, wrestling has really kept us going this summer. It's been one of the best summers in wrestling I believe in a long time. As we wrap up this wrestling segment today,
1: it, it's been it, it, it's been one of the best wrestling wrestling. Uh, summer since probably 2016. 2016 was probably my favorite year of being a wrestling fan.
0: The year the WWE had the draft. I'll never forget how big they made that draft. And that actually felt like a legitimate draft.
1: That was so fun. That was like – because I obviously when I started watching the brand split didn't exist, I was so excited for the brand split. So maybe to me that was special, but you got – AJ Styles and seen at SummerSlam that year that was insane and this this year alone just on the aew side of the ball you had you had all these guys from New Japan coming over with Kenny Omega making these dream matches happen you have FTR putting on great matches on a Saturday on a Saturday two-hour show which that's incredible and then you 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 turn you switch to smackdown or raw and you're watching a five-star movie being made with the bloodline so it's like i i couldn't ask for a better summer at this point
0: jalen you know the last time you were on this show we were talking about the implementation of the pitch clock and the bigger bases and the band the shift and me and you were both very pessimistic when it comes to major league baseball i gotta be honest I watched one MLB game. I watched the opening day. And by the fifth inning, I admitted I was wrong about the pitch clock. The pitch clock works. In my wildest dreams, Mr. Sandbeck, I never thought a clock in baseball, the, the equivalent of a shot clock in basketball, would work. But the game is faster. The game is moving. Balls are in play. Baseball is more fun to watch. Attendance is up. Ratings are up. I don't know about the bigger bases, but they say it's caused a lot of impact in in stolen bases. It's made the game more fun. Are you surprised that the worst commissioner maybe in the history of the world, Rob Manfred, may have (laughs) saved his own face with this pitch clock? I think there's some tweaks that could be made to it, but I am shocked at how well it's worked in the first four months of the MLB season.
1: Yeah, I remember when the pitch clock got announced. we were like, "What the hell is a pitch? Like, how is this gonna work?" What? Are-? I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, I I agree. I haven't I haven't watched a lot of tribe game because I've been I've been working and trying to do stuff for 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 Brandon's world. Obviously, working on the boards and figuring out mini games and stuff. But I, the ones I do catch are very very fun to watch i i I can't wait till October. this pitch clock is gonna be insane with these crowds. It's gonna be nuts i i I am not a full-on baseball fan yet. I am still casual but if it continues being this entertaining, then we might have a new fan on our hands and it might be me.
0: The, the one thing that I'm concerned about with, well, two things. Number one is obviously, as we talked about, they still don't market their stars. Uh, and they and they never will. All these All-Stars and the Rangers and the Rockies and all that didn't even hear of. By the way, I couldn't even watch the All-Star game because Fox is in a dispute right now with my cable carrier, DirecTV. So I have not been able to watch SmackDown over the last two weeks or the MLB All-Star game. Screw you, DirecTV. Um,
1: you haven't watched SmackDown in two weeks?
0: I've, like, seen clips that I haven't watched the, the whole show, no.
1: woo You missed out on a good promo.
0: I've seen clips of the bloodline. I saw the LA night clips. I've been trying to catch up here and there, but uh, Direct TV screwed me over. Anyway, um, my one concern about this clock is, and I'll get to the changes I would make in a second, but if it's a World Series game and there's bases loaded with two outs and it's a 3-2 count and the batter does not get in the box in time, or the pitcher does not start his wind-up in time, and they call it. And that's how we decide the World Series. Like, I'm very interested, because they have been very strict. about if you're not in the box in eight seconds, if you're a hitter, it's a strike. If you don't start your wind-up within one second, it's a ball. I'm very curious if they are a little bit more lenient to it when it's the drama, the stare-down, the 3-2 count in a big playoff game.
1: Yeah. I, I I really hope so because I would be pissed if if I'm the team like like not I'm not even gonna say the Guardians because we suck we're god awful but if I'm a I'm a, I'm I'm the Yankees and I'm in the World Series it's Game Seven three two pitcher on the mound winds up not in time and they call it game game over I would be pissed if that's how I lose. If that's what my legacy is, the guy who, who couldn't wind up uh, or couldn't step in a bo- box fast enough and lost the World Series, that I would be livid. You would not. I would be the most salty, saltiest fan on earth, saltiest players on earth. I would not be happy. So I really hope there is some lenience here.
0: Now, the one change, I'd actually make two changes. The first one would be, I think, 15 seconds without a runner on base, a little too short sometimes. I'd put it at 20 for everybody, not on base or on base. I think 20 seconds, the perfect amount of time. And I also would maybe add one or two more throws to the limit of pickoffs because I think two throws, maybe a little bit too short. Because if you make your second throw, the next time, that runner first base taking off the second base, and it's almost an automatic stolen base because he knows he can't throw over. Um, so those would be the two changes I would make to the sort of pace of play such so pitch clock. I don't know if there's anything else. Again, they need to market their stars. These all-stars, I still don't know who they are, but it's a step in the right direction.
1: You really have to watch baseball to know all the all-stars. Besides, like, the main ones, like Aaron Judge. No, he's
0: been hurt. And by the way, the Yankees are terrible. Jay, Well, the interesting thing is, I said this the other day. I don't know if you saw this topic. There's a lot to talk about, obviously, people. A lot of people think Shohei Ohtani is the best player in baseball. Uh, And I'm going to merge both these topics into one. Number one, I think Ohtani statistically is the best player in baseball. I don't think you can have a best player in baseball. Because I think baseball, even more than football, is team dependent. If Otani goes, I use this example, if he goes 10 for 10, that's great. If the rest of the lineup goes 0 for 50, you're not scoring runs. Um, So there's that. The other thing I think is there's all this talk about payroll in baseball. You know, if you spend more money, you're going to win. That's not true. Cubs are the eighth most payroll. They stink. Cardinals are the ninth most payroll. They stink. Reds are the fifth-least payroll. They're leading their division. How many years are the Raising Guardians of the least amount of payroll? They make the playoffs, or they've even made the World Series. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I don't think there's a the best player in baseball. I don't think you can figure out that situation. And I think the fact that payroll is the metric of how good your team is is completely false.
1: Yeah. I. um You know, I had to write an essay on that, on why the payroll – Like, why sports should have a payroll for school. And I just lied my ass off. I ain't going to lie. I just chose a topic to get it over with. I know it's not true. If you cough up the most money, you're not bound to win. It doesn't matter. It matters about the skills. But I do think Otani is probably the best player in baseball right now. I think there can be a best player in baseball. And I think it's Otani right now, statistically.
0: Can I, uh, again, statistically, but how can you tell when, you know, every year they have O'Donnie and Trout who are supposed to be the two best players in baseball and they don't even make the playoffs. Mike Trout's never seen a playoff game.
1: Yeah. And that's different from most sports because the best player in football usually makes playoffs and the best player in basketball usually makes playoffs. But I, I, I don't know how to even like argue this because – Again, they don't market their stars, so it's kind of hard to argue with anybody else because you only know, if you're not watching on a night-to-night basis, you only know, what, 20 to 30, st- 30 players, maybe? if yeah. If you're not paying attention to Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Otani, just because their names are in the new, like. My their biggest
0: names- example is that your Bryce Harper won the Nationals they won the World Series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this, this baseball is going to, going directly downhill. And
0: Alex Rodriguez had said it: the Angels trade Ohtani and Mike Trout, they'd win the World Series in five years.
1: <laughs> probably, he's probably not wrong.
0: This- I mean, so again, statistically, Otani's the best player in baseball. But baseball, I mean, yeah, uh, look at our guy, Jose Ramirez. A lot of people think he's the best third baseman in baseball. He certainly close to it. From what I remember, he wasn't even that good or barely played in our 2016 World Series team. We haven't been back since.
1: Yeah, he he did not. He he he. I think he played. He was
0: hurt, right?
1: Yeah, he was. He was hurt. Damn those Cubs! Give me PTSD.
0: Still, I think the best baseball game of all time, Game Seven, 2016. You cannot change my mind.
1: Ah, uh, the Cubs! I would give anything to go back and.
0: Uh, anyway, speaking, speaking of uh, our Cleveland team, they were once known as the Indians, now they're known as the Guardians. I don't know how you solve this team this year. I don't, um, I think you just stay pat. I'm not in favor of trading Shane Bieber. Um, I think when you have all those young arms in the rotation, you need a veteran. If they were a little bit older, like maybe next year, I would trade Bieber. Don't think now is the right time. Can't really make many moves to improve your lineup. Um, I think this team's like a five hundred team. It's what I predicted going into the year. I think that's what they're gonna be. They'll fight with Minnesota till the very end, and they make the playoffs. Great if they don't. Great. It's kind of one of those years where you're just stuck in purgatory.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like last year as well. Like you made the playoffs, fine. You dusted by the Yankees. That's expected.
0: Well, not really, Dustin. I mean, we did take it a five games, and if it wasn't for that ring, the way I made the argument that we would have won that game.
1: I agree. I agree. But, like, may- maybe you get lucky. Maybe you make playoffs, win a series or two. We're kind of like, hmm, who, who's, who's a team right now that's, like, in the NBA? That's, we're kind of like that Sacramento team. Okay. We're like, we can make it out of the first round, but then, like, the second round comes, we're screwed.
0: You can make an argument like the Cavs.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're exactly like the Cavs. That's perfect. We're, we are the Cavs because we can make it out of the first round. We haven't done it. The Cavs haven't done it yet. Damn you, Isaac Okoro.
0: <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm, I'm not in favor of firing Francona either. He's, no. a He's a GOAT manager for a reason. And you know what, Jay, when I've said this too about baseball, have you noticed there's two different types of baseball fans? There's one set of fans that I'm not in, which are completely analytical fans. They they look at analytics, they look at numbers, the launch angle, yada yada yada. They're all about it. Then there are the fans like me that are launch angle. What the hell? Who cares? Get on base. There's two completely different mindsets when it comes to baseball. And baseball is the one sport. The pitch clock has changed this now, obviously. But it's the one sport where really the fundamentals have not changed. You need great pitching. You need some power hitting. But you don't need an all-power lineup. You need speed. You need contact. You need power. You need fundamental good timely hitting. In baseball, like, you know, in basketball, like we talked about the Cavs, you really need wings. In football, you need an offensive line. You need a quarterback. You need a receiver. In baseball, you really need, like, good defense everywhere. But your offense could come from your left fielder. It could come from your catcher. It could come from your third baseman. Like, it doesn't matter what position it comes from as long as it's coming from somewhere.
1: See, that's what made that 2016 Indian so great is because we had great pitching. Corey Kluver was on fire. This man had the hot glove. Am I am I correct on that? I'm pretty sure I'm
0: correct. No, cra- Kluber was great, and then he got tired, unfortunately, because we had to punch him because uh, we had two starters out that year. Bauer was hurt, um, and I – was Carrasco the other one?
1: Yeah, Carrasco was hurt that year.
0: Well, wait, it was Clover. I know Tomlin was our three. Was Bauer was our two? Who was the other one that was hurt?
1: Bauer was our. Bauer was our.
0: Th- who, was,
1: who was? It was
0: Clover, Bauer, and Tomlin that pitched in the World Series. Yeah, I know Carrasco. Was it Salazar? I think it was. Salazar. Yeah, it was Salazar.
1: There you go. Was the yeah, other yeah, one yeah.
0: Danny freaking Salazar? Watched him pitch once. He had so much potential.
1: I – that's what this – we had great pitching and solid hitting. We didn't have great hitting. We had solid hitting.
0: Timely hitting. When Doran Kipnis could also – and Mike Napoli on that team could blast the ball out of the ballpark. Fun fact, Shaylin, I have never seen our two aces, Corey Colbert or Shane Bieber, pitch live at a ball game.
1: I have gotten lucky once. I, I've seen Bieber – pitch and god it was glorious this man is is majestic okay if we have to get rid of him so be it because as you know like i don't get it as attached to baseball players as i do football and basketball players obviously because those are my two main sports but god this man this man was beautiful the way he wound up it was perfect
0: have you been to a game yet this year with the pitch clock? That was my next question for you, because I have not.
1: No, but I'm scheduled to go soon. I was supposed to go on the on the third, but we were like, damn, it's the day before the fourth. It's probably going to be busy. So we were like, ah, let's yeah, It was.
0: Go. It was a sold-out game.
1: Yeah, it was sold out. It would have been fun to go to, but, oh, man. But we're – me and all my buddies are planning to go to a game soon. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this team. I'm excited to scream Jose. Because
0: um, I have talked to people that have been at the ballpark, J-1, and they told me the game experience is completely different. You know, before, when you wind up to get a hot dog during the game, you may miss a half an inning at that They told me now, if you leave your seat during the game, you're missing at least an inning, if not two.
1: Yeah. I, have you seen – uh? Like the there's there's this dude on TikTok. He's like, with the new pitch clock, I'm gonna try to drink a beer inning, and he can't even do it because innings are just going by so quick.
0: No, and I like, don't. I don't go on TikTok, sir. I'm not a TikToker.
1: I I have I st- I haven't gone on. I go on there for sports M- mainly. I used to go on there for Shannon, but y- you know,
0: unfortunately, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I think that that will wrap us up for today's show, Jaywin. I appreciate you so much for coming on. We have an hour and 45-minute show today. I said we were going to go about an hour and a half to two hours. Split the difference. We a lot of fun. Can't wait. Looking forward to having you back on in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll get the deal or no deal going. Who knows? But for sure, we're going to bring back a fair or foul. I think we're going to do, if you're okay with it, maybe not. You let me know. I think we're going to do an NFL-exclusive almost preview fair or foul where you give me, you know, even fantasy questions or stats questions, MVP questions, you know, team questions, anything you could think of. And we'll do sort of an NFL exclusive fair or foul.
1: I like it. I'm down. I, I have some good ones for you. I, I, I've, I've saved a lot of them. Some of them were, were in my trades for deal or no deal. But since we're, since we're uh, doing a little postpone, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. I got a lot of good ones for you. I might piss you off. So
0: J- Jalen is my go-to guy for games. You guys know we bring on guests all the time. Don't really have a co-host for this show. But as I've said before, I don't know if I've told you this. Uh, if I were to ever pick a co-host, I think you would be that person because – I think we agree to disagree a lot, and I think we have a perfect balance. Or like you could be the guy to rein me in if I ever go on a rant, <laughs> almost we- like Jason McIntyre does for 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 uh, Cowan Coward now in the herd. I think those two are excellent, even though obviously it's Colin's show. Oh, again, the New Yawman does for Ken Carmen if you ever listen to local Cleveland radio here. For those listening to the Brainsworth podcast, but thank you, Jalen, for joining us today. Go ahead and set out your shoulders real quick.
1: Follow me on Instagram, at jaysandwick2005. Good time over there. Post a lot about music, a lot about sports. If you're a big sports guy, I usually do rant about during during the NBA and NFL season. I usually do rant about my Lions. I do rant about the Browns. Occasionally, occasionally talk to Brandon about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Look out for our fair foul. I'm very excited for this. Um. If if this is possible, I would love to throw in an NBA portion after we
0: uh, we could we could break it up into two days, like two podcasts. We do one for our foul NFL, one for our foul NBA. Maybe we record it all the same day.
1: That that would be perfect because I have some good ones for you. But um, guys, it's always an honor being on here. Thank you for. Brandon, for always inviting me. You always treat me like family. You guys always treat me like family. So thank you all for that. I'm excited for for what we have in store.
0: Thank you, and I can't wait for the next couple of weeks. We will be back on Thursdays with Brand's World. You already know we are in collaboration with the one and only Voltage Live. Follow me on Twitter at Lewis or at Brandon Lewis underscore seven apologies at real underscore B word as well. Follow me on Instagram at Lewis 25. Follow me on threads. I already mentioned at Lewis 25 and we'll see you on Thursday. Peace.